0: What's required for a sheep to rest? Here's Pastor Ed Taylor to touch on that.
1: For a sheep to rest, listen, they had to have a peace from predators, from pests. They had to have a sense of peace from tension. You know how sheep will butt heads sometimes? Well, they had to have a peace from tension with other sheep. And they had to have a peace from being hungry and thirsty. Everything had to be just right, and then there was rest. And it's important to understand that only the shepherd can provide these things to the flock. It's completely up to our shepherd to keep us free from the disturbing influences that will wreck our lives.
0: This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That
1: you would take my place.
0: can't find rest without a shepherd. But what's even more alarming is they won't survive without the care of the shepherd. The Bible says we are like sheep, and Jesus is a good shepherd. And he can be your shepherd, as we'll hear today on Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor. We're in the early stages of a short but timely series called With, short for With the Shepherd and His Sheep. And last time we began to look at the 23rd Psalm, which reminds us we have a good shepherd. Beginning today with how he provides, here is Pastor Ed.
1: God will keep us in perfect peace, Isaiah 26, whose mind is stayed on him, and I shall not want. That place of peace, that place of contentment, God will supply all of my needs. Notice verse 2, my shepherd makes me to lie down in green pastures, And he leads me beside the still waters. So here's how the shepherd begins to take care of me. He makes me lie down. Now, how does he do that? How does the shepherd make me lie down? Well, he has a lot of different ways to do that. I think one of them is sickness. Sickness is used by God in all of our lives to lay us down and make us rest. He makes me lie down. And sickness is one of them. I know when I get sick... I'm just basically in the early years when I was younger. I'm just like gonna fight through it I'm not gonna call in sick. I'm gonna go and I'm gonna make it happen And then all I did was prolong my sickness and make it longer And now these days not only for myself, but for others. I'll just say hey man rest it out Rest it out. That's why you have sick time Just rest it out because if you don't it's gonna be longer and might even get worse And so the fact that God would allow sickness, you know, we get a cold or whatever it might be, we're down, we're laying down, we're resting. And sometimes it is by sickness or illness. Other times God makes us lie down by command. Remember with the nation of Israel? He said, Israel, I want you to work six days and rest the seventh. For the Christian, he says, listen, your Sabbath rest is found by faith in Jesus Christ. Still other times he makes me lie down just by his mere presence. Where I bring the word of God and I'm in my devotional life and I'm beginning to read and God is just putting a settled peace in my heart. And he shows up in that time of need to just encourage me. Lying down or making me lie down reminds me, jotted down in John 15, of the command to abide in Christ. Remember that? Jesus said, abide in me and I'll abide in you. The word abide means to stay put. And so when I think of David talking about God, the Shepherd Yahweh, making him lie down, the Triune God as Shepherd, lie down, I also think of Jesus saying, "Stay put, that's your place of strength. Abide in Me. Stay put. Lay down. Rest." Now, some of you might be a little concerned because you think, "Well, like Ed, rest? I'm, I'm like I'm tired all the time." Now, rest and sleep are two different things. This rest. This lying down is God taking care of our needs so that we can trust Him. It's not necessarily tied to sleep, although sleep will help you rest better, but this is more of an internal soul work in our lives. And for a sheep to rest, everything had to be just right. For a sheep to rest, listen, they had to have a peace from predators, from pests. They had to have a sense of peace from tension. You know how sheep will butt heads sometimes? Well, they had to have a peace from tension with other sheep. And they had to have a peace from being hungry and thirsty. Everything had to be just right. And then there was rest. And it's important to understand, listen, it's important to understand that only the shepherd can provide these things to the flock. Only the shepherd. It's completely up to our shepherd to keep us free from the disturbing influences that will wreck our lives. So when's the last time you took rest? When's the last time? We could be very much. The answer could be very much. I've allowed this whole situation to cause me to rest. I know not everyone. This whole situation that we're in right now has caused people to, to flip out, you know, and, and they're just running to and fro, wanting this and wanting that, and they're upset. and They're into this conspiracy thing over here, and they're mad over here, and God is saying, "Listen, Church, I want you to rest." It's almost like the Lord's saying, "I want you to rest, because as soon as this is over, it's going to be an explosion of the gospel, a, a open doors. People are going to be interested in what the Bible has to say. People are interested in what prophecy has to say. Like you are watching. Listen, church, you are watching and seeing with your own eyes things that no other generation has ever seen or experienced. And God uses prophecy to get the attention. How many times in the Old Testament did God sent a prophet? to the nation, to get their attention. And now God is allowing circumstances in these last days. Listen, rest. God's got it. Trust him. I know it's a fast-paced world. We, we've learned to take every moment that comes. And now with social media, we got to live everyone else's moments too. And it's just pressure and pressure, and there's tension and demands. There's deadlines and Stress. There's even the pressure to be more efficient, get more done, create more business, make more money, do more, think more. But God says we need to rest. He makes me lie down. He makes me lie down. I know in this time too, the word layoff is being used at companies, layoffs and furloughs and people have been laid off, people have been furloughed. And I remember when I was in the corporate world, the first time I ever experienced layoffs, I was so scared, I was so concerned. How am I going to take care of my family? What am I going to do? And then as the layoffs came, I would survive the first one. And then there was another one. Then I survived the second one. And then I learned something. I learned that the people that are not laid off have to do the work of everyone that was. And so that it just was more pressure and more stress. And so it's true. You know, we were a department of 100 and they laid 20 people off. Well, now I've got five people's work on my desk. And so I've got this stack and this stack and this stock. And then the boss is going, man, this is tough times and this is harder. And so it's almost like no matter where you are, if you're furloughed and laid off, you're stressed out and you've got those needs. If you end up staying at work during times of crisis, then you're stressed out and you've got other needs. And, and the Lord's just telling us through Psalm 23 today, look, The Lord is my shepherd. I'm not going to want. And he makes me lie down so that I could trust him. To rest in him. To have that settled peace that God is going to take care of me. No matter what. He is and he will. And he does. Remember back in the creation account? After six literal 24 hour days of creation. What did God do? He rested. If the universe didn't fall apart with God's rest then things will certainly be okay when you and I choose to rest. Even God commanded Israel, the nation, to work for six years and then take a Sabbath year of rest. Doesn't that sound good? Just to take a year off? You rest. But for them, they were an agrarian society, and the instruction was to let the land rest. Let the land rest and trust me. Trust me for your provision. Let the land rest and trust me. But for the children of Israel, they decided that working was more important than resting. And so they ignored the Sabbath year rest for 490 years. And what happened? They, became, they had more crops and they became richer, but also they became idolatrous and disobedient. And what did God do? He brought judgment upon them with 70 years, seven zero. He got all of his Sabbath year rest back by bringing them into captivity with Babylon and Assyria. How our bodies need rest, even our church needs rest. You know, we run and we have a lot going on and what's happening? God has said, no, I want you to rest. And he just allows circumstances. Sometimes we even take times of prayer and fasting where we just shut down ministry. So you know that a church is not the sum of everything that we're doing. The church is our relationship with the Savior. Like the church is is not because we're active and we have a building, we have a location. No, the church is you and me enjoying the love of God in our lives. We need to take time off, and God will make us lie down. Why? Because I need it. I need to stop what I'm doing and rest my weary soul in him. Notice it's in green pastures, so he makes me lie down, and then after the green pastures, he leads me beside still waters. That's beautiful. Why green pastures? Well, because there are pastures out there that will not feed you and nourish you, but poison you. So he makes you lie down in a place that's peaceful and comfortable and nourishing. Sheep have a tendency to eat whatever in front of them. Even if the grass is dead, even if it's diseased, even if it's destructive. If sheep aren't moved to green pastures, they'll eat what's in front of them, even down to the dirt and the rocks that they'll ingest and cause them great physical harm, even up to and including death. They'll even drink water that's before them. They don't care if there's bugs or nastiness or it's stale. or They don't care. But the shepherd cares. Where we don't care, the shepherd cares. And I think of what a good reminder it is, God will lead us to those places that are going to nourish us and take care of us. Listen, God is your shepherd. I'm not your shepherd. You go, wait a minute, Ed. You're our pastor. I have the privilege of serving you, but I'm not your shepherd. And neither is any of the men or women on our pastoral team or their wives or our prayer team or in our church. We are not your shepherds. God is your shepherd. He alone will fulfill the things that are going on in your life. He will take care of you. Now for us, we get to co-labor with God. We would be considered under shepherds. And he's given us the privilege of serving you and loving you. But we are not the ones that care for your needs. God cares for your needs and he may use us. I had the privilege yesterday of somebody being around the building and saw people here and actually came up. We got to minister. And first Pastor Keegan, and then I got to minister to him for a good 45 minutes before service. And what great joy came to my life. How much I miss ministering in that way. I've been ministering on email. I've been ministering on text. I've been ministering on the phone. But taking a in and going, like, let's keep our six feet and let's just talk about the Lord. It was so good. But even then, I was not his shepherd. I just got the privilege of pointing him to the good shepherd. I had the privilege of reminding him. As I even began to remind myself how God takes care of us. And he takes us to green pastures. And he takes us by still waters. In our lives, listen, there is no substitute for knowing and understanding and believing that the shepherd is nearby. His presence in our lives, faithful and true, dispels the fears, the panic, and the terrors of the unknown. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, it says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. And he makes us lie down because he knows what's best for us. He leads us because he knows what's best for us. And God might be saying you today that you need to rest in him and know that he's your shepherd and allow him to make you, like submit to him when he makes you lie down. And when he leads you into the green pastures. Which leads us to the final verse for our time today. And that's in verse 3. While you know him, you're in a place of comfort and contentment. While you're abiding in him, he's made you lie down. Very nourishing field. Drinking of the water. Listen, he restores my soul. Because that's the issue. It's not all the surface things in our lives. It's our soul relationship. It's our soul care. I gave a book out to the pastors not too long ago, I don't know, a few years ago, about soul care. That that really, as a pastor, we're responsible. And the Bible says that we're overseers of the soul. We're not problem solvers. Our role is to get you connected with the Savior. And what will you find when you're connected with the Savior? You're going to find a restoration of your soul. That's really what happens when you're born again. That's where it starts. Our shepherd restores us restores to us what's been stolen away in our minds and the deepest emotions of our hearts. We suffer through so many disappointments and rejections and pain and deaths and grief and betrayals and on and on the list goes. We go through so much difficult, damaging, traumatic events and they take their toll on our souls. And often these are the very things that causes a person to want to give up. Become hopeless and quit. Yet when my soul is drained and damaged, the Lord does a great work in my life through His Spirit. He restores my soul and leads me in the paths of righteousness. You know, this world is heavy. I just picked up a new book yesterday uh, on my Kindle. I just picked up a new book on encouragement and joy in the midst of trial and it's kind of tied to grief and just feeding my own soul. And one of the things the brother said at the beginning, he said, we live in a fallen world and often the world falls on us. And we just feel the weight of difficulty and the weight of just living in a fallen world. I thought that what a great illustration. This fallen world is often falling on us. And yet we have a shepherd, don't we? (laughs) I love this. That takes good care of us. He restores our soul. He, he leads, notice, he's not only leading us by, besides still waters, but he's also leading us in paths of righteousness. Because every issue in our life is solved by God's word. He reveals it to us. For example, there are righteous ways to handle our emotions. For fear, Proverbs chapter three, verses five and six. For anger, Ephesians chapter four, verse 26. Are you anxious? Philippians chapter four, verse six. Do you have vain imaginations, believing lies? 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4. God has a word for us to speak to us so we have clarity and we can walk on the paths of righteousness. Because here's the thing. If we're with the shepherd, the shepherd's going to be walking himself on paths of righteousness. So if we're right there close to the shepherd, we're going to be following him on his safe paths. He's going to be with us and we're going to be with him. And we're going to have to close up today... But don't close your Bible yet. Turn over to Hebrews, would you? Hebrews chapter 13. Guys, know this and receive it. Would you please meditate on it this week? You and I, we have a shepherd. I know it's a hard concept in our urban life to think of a shepherd and a sheep. Unless you live out east, you know, or maybe on the western slope and you have a farm, the idea of a shepherd uh, is foreign to us in our culture, but it shouldn't be. It's just a guy taking care of his sheep, making sure everything's done for them making sure that out of his care and concern, he takes care of them. And God, he cares for us as his own precious sheep. We can go through trials, we can go through tribulations, not by focusing on the difficulty, but by looking to the shepherd who takes care of us. In Hebrews chapter 13, verse five, it says, let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you, or forsake you. I want to share with you a couple of things as we end our time. First of all, there's a book out. We don't have it downstairs, but we need to get it. Uh, It's called A Shepherd Looks at the 23rd Psalm. A Shepherd Looks at the 23rd Psalm. It's by, I think, Philip Keller. And you might be able to find a PDF copy online. I would highly encourage you to pick up that book. It's a pastor that spent a lot of years as a shepherd. And he weaves together his personal experience as a shepherd with Psalm 23. Unbelievable. I was just reminded today to pick up my copy and start reading it again. That the Lord might minister to my soul. So I hope you do too. Please do it. Another thing I'm going to share with you right now is an illustration from a man by the name of Andrew Murray. His writings are very important as well. And there's quite a few of his writings free available. I would suggest you get the one on humility first. Andrew Murray. The book is just titled Humility. And I know God will use it in your life. Well, in 1895, Andrew Murray was in England suffering from a terrible, painful back. It was the result of an injury he had incurred years earlier. One morning while he was eating breakfast in his room, his hostess told him of a woman downstairs who was in great trouble and wanted to know if he had any advice for her. Well, Murray handed her a paper he had been writing on and said, give her this advice I'm writing down for myself. It may be that she'll find it very helpful. And this is what was written, and it says it all. And I quote, in times of trouble say, first, he brought me here. It is by his will I'm in this place, and in that I will rest. Next, He will keep me here in his love and give me the grace in this trial to behave as his child. Then say, he will make the trial a blessing and teaching me lessons he intends me to learn and working in the grace he means to give me and bestow. And last say, in his good time, he can bring me out again. How and when he knows. Therefore say, and I quote, I am here by God's appointment, in his keeping, under his training, and for his time. Isn't that good? Listen, I am here in my current condition, under the care of the shepherd, by God's appointment, in his keeping, under his training, and for his time. And so today, if you've never invited God to be the shepherd of your life, if you've never asked God to forgive you of your sins... I want to invite you to do just that. That today you would admit that you've sinned against a holy and a righteous God. Look, look, if you even are desiring that right now, you are responding to the work that God has already done in your heart. God always is the initiator. He starts it all. You and I, we get to respond. So many years ago, I was in a place just like you, where I heard of God's great love and care, and even in some respects didn't think it was for me. I thought I was too bad. I thought I was too far gone, but I wasn't right. I wasn't true. God loved even someone like me. So I want to invite you, wherever you may be right now, listening, watching me, to receive the Lord Jesus Christ into your life. The Bible says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Because it's all going on between you and God, confessing with your mouth. So let me help you with that. If you want to get your life right with God today, I want to help you with that by leading you in a prayer so that you might ask God to forgive you of your sins. You ready? You can repeat this after me. Dear God, I ask you to forgive me of all of my sins. I'm asking you to help me to turn my back on my sinful past and to dedicate my life to following you. I believe that you're holy, righteous, and good. And that You sent Jesus Christ to live for me, to die for me. And I believe Jesus Christ rose again from the dead to forgive me and save my soul. I want my soul restored. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: And amen. If you prayed that prayer, would you let us know? That would make our day. And there's a place to contact us at AboundingGraceRadio.com. And you've been listening to Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor and part of a series simply entitled With. You can hear these radio programs on our website time of the day or night at AboundingGraceRadio.com. Another way to grow on the go is by downloading our app. Search for Calvary Aurora. Pastor Ed, I think this series beautifully ties into your new book. Would you make that connection?
1: It is a great connection between learning about who Jesus is and the book that we just recently published, God's Help for the Troubled Heart. And I want to, first of all, say thank you guys uh, for everyone that has purchased a copy, gotten a gift copy, have got the word out. Um, We're uh, really overwhelmed by the response that has come through this little book, and it is a great companion, a great shot in the arm, if you will, of encouragement and comfort to everyone uh, that needs it, that's going through pain, you know, whether it's grief, sorrow, sadness, uh, difficulty, divorce, betrayal. You know, it's funny, there are people that thought the book was about me. <laughs> it's not about me. It's about God and his faithfulness and his faithfulness woven through just a very small portion of my life story. There's so much more, so many more chapters that could have been written in that book that would have pulled the curtain back on the ugliness of the pain our family has gone through. But the book's not about me, it's about the Lord. And that we need to remember that these things that we face are about the Lord. So what's the connection? First, So thanks guys, but what's the connection? Well, this series With is a reminder that the Lord is with us. He's the good shepherd, takes good care of us. Uh, and that is the summary of that book, really, that your help, you know, originally we titled it Help for the Troubled Heart, but it was suggested that we emphasize God's help. And I thought, man, such a great suggestion. And we, what we do in the book is the same thing we're doing here on Bounding Grace, same thing we're doing through this series on with, and that is whatever you're going through, whatever you're facing right now, you're not alone. God is with you and he's promised to never leave or forsake you. And that's the key. We want you to know God is with you. And he's promised never to leave or forsake you.
0: If you'd like to order a copy of Pastor Ed's new book, just call 877-30-GRACE. Maybe order an extra one, too, to give to a friend. We'll send it to you for a gift of $25 or more to Abounding Grace. Call 877-30-GRACE. And please remember that your gifts help to make this possible. We look to the Lord to provide for us. If he's leading you to take an active role in the ministry through either a one-time gift or ongoing support, please visit us online at AboundingGraceRadio.com or call 877-30-GRACE. We'll hear more about our good and gracious shepherd tomorrow on Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor. See you then. This is amazing grace.